Look at Proverbs tonight. Proverbs chapter number 19 is where we'll start. Proverbs 19, we'll look at several passages in the book of Proverbs tonight. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 19, and we'll read uh, one verse in this chapter to get us started this evening. And while you're turning there, uh, let me remind you the series that we're in on Wednesday night, uh, the people of Proverbs. And we're going through the book of Proverbs and looking at different characters and letting the Bible describe them, letting the Bible define uh, who they are and what they are. Often, if we're not careful, we'll let society put definitions to what God has already defined. Uh, we'll let uh, the culture define what God's already defined. And we must always be reminded that God's already defined everything. And so we have a responsibility uh, to look at things the way, the best we can, the way God does. And how we do that is through the Scripture. The only way I can see it like God sees it is to see it the way He put it in, God's, in, in His book. Uh, I can't reason it. I can't say what's in my heart because we know what the Bible says about the heart. Uh, we have to look at it from God's way. And so we want to define these characters and then uh, also see how we should respond to them. Often we might say, well, oh, Pastor, I don't know how to respond to this situation. And, uh, but God gives us a way to respond uh, to certain situations, to people. Uh, to those who are, uh, have certain characteristics, I use this often uh, when I'm re reminding us of this, this um, series, is, you know, we, we, the Bible calls uh, certain people a fool. Uh, now, that's something that we would want to put on ourselves, although we've all, all of us have been foolish at one time or another. And so when we're foolish, there's a response to somebody who's acting foolish. There's, there's things the Bible tells us. You know what that takes out of it? It takes our emotion out of it. Because your emotion will betray you. Uh, your emotion will lie to you. Uh, it will, well, depends on how, what are you going to do on that day? It depends on how I feel that day. Well, we ought to do what the Bible says. And so uh, just a reminder uh, for us, and then we look at, one, look at this uh, passage tonight. It's Proverbs 19, verse number 22 is where we'll get started. And then we'll look at several different passages as we uh, look at what the Bible says about this character. Verse 22, the desire... Of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. Now, if you think back to last Wednesday night, we talked about the oppressor. And a lot of times that oppressor who, put that, who puts that unjust burden on, on an individual uh, makes them live to an unfair uh, circumstance. Often they use the poor as, a, as an analogy. And so we're not going to talk about the poor tonight. We're going to talk about the liar tonight. The desire of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. Uh, we see that word poor, and we're, I don't want to be that. Understandably so. No matter how much you have, you'd like to have more, wouldn't you? I mean, if, if you have a taco for lunch, wouldn't two be better? Um, we look at that poor, and... And the reason why I, I'm waiting, since we talked about a little bit last week, to define that, that poor man, because you're going to be surprised how many times the book of Proverbs mentions the poor man. God defines the poor man differently than society defines the poor man. Uh, and so I don't want to get into that, but we would say uh, this evening, but, well, I, I wouldn't want to be poor, but here's, what's this comparison? The desire of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. God reminds us right off the bat, 
It's better for you to be poor than a liar. It's better to you, for you to be, have, have less than be a liar. It's better to carry that connotation, if you will, than to be a liar. And tonight we're going we're gonna to look at dealing with liars. I almost thought about dealing with mother-in-laws, but I thought we'll, we'll, we'll deal, deal, with, deal with liars. Uh, dealing with liars. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight as we uh, look at your word. I pray that uh, you would uh, let your scripture, let your word uh, work in our life. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Uh, help us where we need to be helped. Strengthen us. And uh, Father, may we, as your children, uh, respond the way that we should respond. Live the way that we should live. May we strive to be like that upright man we uh, looked at several weeks ago who uh, simply tries to live to your standard. May that be the case in each and every heart. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A poor man is better than a liar. We talk about a lie or a liar. Of course, we can all give a definition of a lie. Let me give you a dictionary definition of a lie. is to utter falsehood with an intention to deceive or with an immoral design. It's not just being factually incorrect. If you think back to when you were in school, I'll, I'll use myself as an illustration. The one time I got an answer wrong on a test. The one time I got an answer wrong on the test. I was not doing that. I was not lying. I didn't have the correct answer. I didn't have the information. Uh, I didn't have... Uh, so it's, it, there's, it could be wrong and not lying. All of us are wrong from time to time, every day. All of us have approached a situation and we just have been incorrect. We have just said the wrong answer, if you will. But lying, as Scripture is speaking of lying, is to utter a falsehood with an intention to deceive. I'm giving you something that I know is not right. I know is factually incorrect. I'm not giving something that's factually incorrect because I have an absence of knowledge or I misunderstood something. A lie is to utter a falsehood with an intention to deceive or with an immoral design. It has a purpose. Lying is not something to laugh off. It is not something to just, well, at least it's not, and you can name whatever sin or character flaw in there. Because a lie has a purpose. If you study the difference between sin and evil, and that's a great study in itself. We are all sinners. We all sin. Evil, simply put, is that sin with an intent, with a purpose. A lie is not just an absence of fact or a wrong fact. It is an attempt to, give a, it's a, to utter a falsehood with an intent. To exhibit a false representation, to say or do that which deceives another when he has a right to know the truth, or when morality requires a just representation. 
to exhibit a false representation, to put on something that's not true, to say or do that which deceives another. Let me just say this, and especially I want the young people to listen to me, everybody, but especially the, the young people. This world will lie to you. You've heard your pastor say that more than one time. You've probably heard your parents say that, but let me put a little bit more to it. They will misrepresent the end of rebellion. They won't tell you the whole story of going and giving yourself to the world. They they deceive another when they deserve to know the truth. I wish these, these, these alcohol commercials would show the, the truth and, and, the, and the death and the destruction and the physical abuse that comes from that and the breakdown of a home and society. It's a misrepresentation. It's a lie. I wish false religion would tell the truth. And they, they, they misrepresent that if, you, that, if you, that if you live a certain way or you do certain things for the church, that that'll get you to heaven. If they were honest, they would show you hell full of people who believe the lie. It's a one that deceives another when he has a right to know the truth. Well, you can take that further and sometimes... When there's a Bible preacher and he's going to preach the truth, sometimes people get upset at that. Well, would you rather me lie to you? Like the emergent contemporary crowd does? That if you just live your best life now, you want me to lie to you? And tell you that God does not expect his children to be holy? See, a lie is a bigger deal than we consider. It is a, it is a falsehood with intent. It's when the others, somebody else deserves to know the truth. Or when morality requires a just representation. The word lying is, is, is the action of that, of course, telling a falsehood. We live in a world of lies. The news media lies to you. I'm going I'm to lose some of you on this. Fox News lies to you, too. They lie to you too. The politicians lie to you. They lie to you. Say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Let's just review the last few years. They lie to you. Society, culture, Hollywood lie to you. The one place you shouldn't be lied to is when you come to the house of God. Amen. Which means we consult the source of truth. And that leads me to remind us that God is truth. 
So oftentimes there will be an argument, there will be a disagreement, and, and say, well, this is my truth. I wasn't lying to you because this is my truth. This is the way I see it. But see, you have to measure it all versus God because God is truth. Just like take the word holiness, and we have taken that word holiness, and we have brought it way down here. We've defined it by the way we live. I'm living a holy life. Well, take your holy life and compare it to what holiness is, and that's God. God is holy. So the only way we know what holy is is to look at God. The same is true when it comes to truth and a lie and revealing the lie is to compare it to truth. You know how you find out what a lie is? You compare it to truth. You, if, if you could, you've heard the, 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 the phrase, live a lie. How do you know if somebody's living a lie? You compare it to truth. Well, the, you know, there's only one way to heaven. It's either, it's either the Bible way or it's the Catholic way. It's either the Bible way or it's the Muslim way. It's the Bible way or the whatever you want to add to that. There's one way to heaven. That's why it is, it, it, it is an accurate thing to say anybody who says there's more than one way to heaven, there's more than any way other than through Christ, you can say, let God be true and every man a liar. Because God is truth. Why is this important? Well, obviously, God wants us to know this. We are constantly warned as a Christian to not be deceived. How are we deceived? Lies. Who's the father of the lie? The devil is. It's important for you to know the Bible because you know that Satan deceived Eve by just changing a couple of words of Scripture. It was almost right. You know how many Christians have been Almost right, which makes him 100% wrong. Because we believe a lie. We lie to ourselves. It's going to be okay. Well, if you go against the Word of God, it's not going to be okay. We must measure everything in this world to what is truth. Whatever you hear, measure it to truth. You young couples, you're going to hear a lot of philosophies in this world about marriage and, and child rearing. You, you, you compare all of that to truth. And we're going to hear, you're going to hear from, from all sorts of places, places, you know, a way that we should, should live and, 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 and live as a person and, and as, a, as a family, and as a home. And, and you've got, you got to compare all that to the truth. Now, God is truth. Now, I've taken a lot of time to lay that foundation, but it's important. I've got nine statements I'm going to give you. And I will be done before the sun comes back up. Okay. Look with me in Proverbs 6, chapter 6, and verse 17. Proverbs chapter 6, and verse 17. Well, let's, let's, we're going to start with verse 16. Proverbs 6, verse 16. As soon as, you read, as soon as you see the verses, you're going to recognize this passage of Scripture. These six things doth the Lord hate. Okay? I've used this before. If God is going to go through the process of saying, I want you to know what I hate, we should sit up and pay attention. He says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. 
and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, then the seventh, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. These six things doth the Lord hate. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. In the middle of that list is a lying tongue. You can make that application to somebody who tells somebody there is another way besides Christ to heaven. There's not. Somebody who says, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I went against everything I was taught, and I'm doing fine. Well, if they are, they're not saved, because that means the Spirit of God is not putting them under conviction. Because if you're saved, the Spirit of God puts you under conviction. That's not a comfortable place to be. What is it? That's a lie. It's a lying tongue. Here's the statement. Number one, God doesn't consider lying to be a minor offense. God doesn't consider lying to be a minor offense. In fact, he puts it next to murder. Because you know you can murder somebody's reputation. You can murder somebody's marriage, if you will. I mean, a lying tongue he puts it right there. God doesn't consider lying a minor offense. That's why these, these hirelings and charlatans who don't preach the whole counsel of God and who, 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 don't, who, who take salvation off of the, out of the forefront and put it on the back burner. That's why they're liars. That's why they should be avoided. That's why there's no book, none of their books are in my library. That's why I'm not listening to their podcast. Because lying is not a minor offense. We ought to give it the same, doesn't it make sense that we ought to give it the same consideration God does? Since we're supposed to be living to God's standard, since we're supposed to be making Him happy, He's the one who controls the blessings. Matter of fact, if, we, if he's displeased with us, if we are his children, he's going to chastise us to get us where we need to be. So God doesn't consider, if we don't remember anything else tonight, and I hope you do, remember God doesn't consider lying a minor offense. Number two, turn to me chapter number 10, just a couple pages over. Chapter number 10, verse 18. Chapter number 10, verse 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips... And he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Statement number two, hatred is revealed by, a lying, by, by lying, slandering lips. There's a lot of people who say they're loving people that the Bible says differently. And, and, and anybody who preaches the gospel will hear this. Well, I, wait, we're just going down to, to, to this church where, where there's nothing but love. You mean you think? Somebody telling your lost loved one they don't need to get saved is love? You mean somebody not warning you or your children that if you continue down a certain path, there's destruction there? That's not love. That's hate. Lying, lying lips are lips of hatred. Slandering lips. There, there's a whole other series of sermons on justice and Lying in the tongue and slandering. When you misrepresent somebody or you lie about somebody, God puts you in a category of a slanderer. And that includes gossip. Well, I heard. 
And then we want to wipe our hands up and say, well, that's what somebody told me. Well, if you don't know it's true, don't repeat it. Hatred is revealed by lying, slandering lips. This is a rhetorical question you don't have to answer tonight, but can somebody have hate in their heart with a smile on their face? And we need, we need, we need to, if, we, if you look at everything through the lens of Scripture, it certainly helps you. Because like, oh, they look like they have it all. It's just all. But what's in the heart is revealed by what comes out the mouth. Number three, turn with me to chapter number 12, verse number 19. Chapter 12, verse number 19. The lip of truth shall be established forever. How long? Forever. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. Step number three. Truth prevails and lives forever. forever. But a lie is disproved with time. Liars are popular in the moment. They seem to be winning the contest in the moment. But time reveals truth is marching on. Don't get caught up in lies. Don't get caught up. The lie of, of a false religion, it will be revealed. And it is revealed. The lies that are told to us, and I've, I've referenced so many different areas of the world we live in, from politics to, to, to Hollywood, to whatever you want to apply to it, to everyday life. Truth prevails. Uh, verse 19, are we to get a lip of truth shall be established forever. God, it's a whole other, it's a great study of what God thinks of truth. Simply put, it's what God thinks of himself. God protects truth. God is for truth. Truth is going to be established. Truth prevails and lives forever, but a lie is just proved with time. By the way, let me just put this in and say, well, they, they lied about me. Well, don't lie about them. But it's a good policy when they lie about you just to give it some time. Because truth always rises up. And that lie, say, well, what should I do to make that lie uh, 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 be disproved? Nothing. Nothing. It's the nature of a lie. It's the nature of truth. God has established this law. Number four, chapter 12, verse 22, just a couple of verses down. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord. These, these studies in the night reminded me that there's a lot of things that, that God thinks that we, we, we need to be reminded He thinks of these things. Uh, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. With, with two or three different subjects, we've, we've, we've heard that term in, in so many words, either like this or similar to this, is his delight. We're to think that we can make God happy. To think that God can take delight in our life. 
to take delight in our words, to take delight in our actions. What motivation to know that it pleases God. But let me give us number four, and this is a good one too. God delights with those who deal with others as he does. Now, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, and I don't want to focus on that because it's, that's self-explanatory. The contrast to that, we know what an abomination is. We know how that makes God feel. We know his, his disdain and his, his nature for, and, and, and his hatred for that. But they that deal truly are his delight. God delights with those who deal with others as he does. God has never lied to you. Never lied to you. Matter of fact, everything he's ever said either has come true, is coming true, or will be true. He is truth. He's never lied to you. So think about what makes God happy and delight. When we deal with others, how God has dealt with us. God has always been honest with us. And young people, and let me remind you, God tells you what the end of rebellion is. Sometimes we're like, Pastor, well, how do you know? Well, God said so. God tells you what's at the end of the road of destruction. He tells you that. He's honest with you. And we've been looking at the Great Commission recently, and, 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 and the thought that just, it's, it's, there's a lot of intriguing thoughts with that, but the intriguing thought to me is from the beginning. You know, and I knew this, but it didn't stand out until I got into this study. From the beginning, Jesus told those men when he called them, he told them he was going to make them fishers of men. He told them what it was all about. He told them it wasn't to make them a, 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 an evangelist celebrity. He didn't tell them that. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He told them right up front and they signed up for it. So it gives God great delight when we deal with people honestly as he deals with us. It, it's not as a pastor, if you'll allow me to use it as a pastor as an illustration, whenever I have to confront a situation or I deal with something from behind this pulpit or just preach the truth that this world does not like, that is just something that, you know, I don't, I don't look for confrontation, but I want to treat people how God treats everybody. He tells them the truth. I've used this illustration many, many times before. I hope you don't want, you don't want a doctor that lies to you. Oh, Mr. Dell, you're looking great. You look better than you looked 20 years ago. Oh, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. They get the blood work. And it's like, oh, what is it, doc? Oh, nothing. We'll see you next year. No, you want a doctor that tells you the truth. Matter of fact, that's why, we, that's why men don't go to the doctor, by the way. But You want one that's going to tell you the truth. We, want, we ought to deal with people as God, and God, God delights in that. We, we, we deal honestly. We deal truthfully. That makes God happy. He, he delights in it. You know why? Because that's how he deals with us. 
You know it's true of his spirit, if you're saved, that dwells within you? When you get convicted about something, he's telling you the truth. This book tells you the truth. Where would we be without the truth? You know, parents, it's more important for you to tell your kids the truth than it is for them to be your buddy. Because one day if they, if they listen and they avoid destruction, one day they get that maturity and they get to that adulthood, they'll appreciate the fact that you told them the truth. It, it, it delights God. God gets delight when we treat people. Isn't that the goal? I just want to treat people like God treats people. Then we have to be truthful. Number five, chapter 13. Chapter 13. I was going to say I'm almost done, but then I'd be lying to you. But so, <laughs> chapter 13, verse 5. A righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Number five. A man's opinion of lying is dependent on his own righteousness. A man's opinion of lying is dependent on, dependent on his own righteousness. A righteous man hateth lying. So if an individual doesn't hate lying, could it be because of his own righteousness? You know, and the more righteous you are, the more truthful you're going to be. And the more confrontational, and truth is confrontational. You don't have to look for the battle. You don't have to look for the trouble. Truth is going to find it. It's confrontational. Well, Pastor, I don't, know, I don't know why you have to be so confrontational. When you're just reading scripture, you're like, what do you want me to do? Truth's confrontational. A man's opinion of lying is dependent on his own righteousness. So I just don't feel that way about all of this, Pastor. Well, why are you telling on yourself like that? It's something for you and I to, to remember. The more righteous we'll be, the more honest we will be. Number 6, chapter 17, and verse 7. Chapter 17 and verse 7. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. Excellent speech becometh not a fool. In other words, you don't expect a fool to have that excellent speech. Much less do lying lips a prince. Number six, lying lips are a characteristic of a fool, not a leader. Lying lips are a characteristic of a fool, not a leader. Well, people get upset if you tell them the truth. There's a misnomer in this world today because you think you can go buy a book on leadership at the bookstore that makes you popular. Leaders, leaders are not popular. Leadership is not popular. If you're going to lead in whatever area it is, you have responsibility at work. You're going to lead in work. It's not, there's times where it's not going to be popular. You have to tell people the truth. It's not always popular, but a leader should be honest. 
Lying lips are a characteristic of a fool, not a leader. That's why when your children are, are little, and this is just something that was instilled with me, we had rules in our home growing up. And there was, there was understood consequences. You know, if, if you wore orange in the home, that was a bad thing. I mean, that's just... Right next to that was lying. You know, if you lied, that was... That was, that was Almost death. And I could hear my dad saying this so many times, if you'll lie, you'll do anything. And then I think of the day, and you think of our lying politicians, and they'll pretty much do about anything. Lying lips are a characteristic of a fool, not a leader. Chapter 21, verse number 6. The Bible's good, isn't it? This is better than some self-help class that you could take. I'm not even charging you extra for this. Chapter 21, verse 6. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Listen to the scripture. The getting of treasures. You know, we live in a society where it puts a premium on the getting of treasures. It doesn't matter how you get them. Get the treasure. If you've got to sell people out, get the treasure. If you've got to disregard uh, what, what uh, character, get the treasure. If you've got to, if you've got to put, put God aside, get the treasure. But what the scripture says in chapter 21, verse 6, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue. Now, the Bible never condemns treasure. God says just know where your treasure's at. God gives treasure. And the more right you do by him, and treasure is something that you could put a lot of, put that label on a lot of things. A lot of them would be different than what the world says is treasure. But God is a giver of treasure. Treasure is not, and the Bible doesn't say the love, you know, the money is, is this is the love of money. God gives treasure so we can use it for him. So let's get the connotation. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Number eight, lies for gain will catch up with you. Lies for gain will catch up with you. You can only... Live a lie. You can only string it out so long. It will catch up with you. I don't know. I don't see. I see this, this individual in this circumstance, and I know what they did to get that, and, 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 and it can't be, can't be that bad, and, and it seems like it hadn't caught up with them yet. But it will catch up with you. Gain is not bad. We should all be striving to gain. We should all be working to gain, but not at the cost of our character, of our integrity. We just finished a Sunday school series on Joseph. He, he certainly gained. He certainly got treasures, but he kept his integrity. And God gave them to him. 
but lies for gain will catch up for, for, uh, uh, with you. You can do business with somebody and you can be dishonest in your dealings. It will catch up with you. It will catch up with you. Number nine, last one. Chapter 26, verse 28. Chapter 26, verse 28. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Number nine, a man uses slanderous lies to afflict. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it. So if, if your lie affects someone, I'm not saying this. God is saying that there is, that, that there's hate behind it. Don't tell me, mom and dad, you love your children. Oh, I know I'm going to enter into dangerous waters here. Don't tell me you love your children if you're going to tell them that, well, there's some things in the Bible that, that we don't agree with. Because you're lying. To, you're, if you say, well, there's some things going to be okay, or we're going to leave a, a Bible-believing church, and we're going to go over here, and we're, we're not going to put the emphasis on man anymore. We're just going to worship God. Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to come down to the church house eventually. You don't love them. If you'll lie to them to convince them, that's just one example. I did not say that. I mean, I said that, but I'm repeating what God said. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it. That's why don't fall too much in love with your politicians. They don't love you. Oh, I, I'm, I could get myself in trouble with the brethren. I've been told to do that from time to time. That's why they, these, these conservative politicians and all these pastors who go and lobby in D.C. and this and that, and, and they pander to these politicians and, and say, well, we're making a difference. They just want your vote. And this last election proved that they sold all the Christians out. What all I'm saying is they don't love you. You know, they, these, a lying tongue, there's young people and, and even young adults, you have family members and friends perhaps that will tell you that there's a way that is better than God's way. They don't love you. Let me tell you who loves you. Who loves you is your mom and dad who tells you the truth. And tells you that you better serve the Lord with your life. And you better follow this book. And you, and you better do what God says. And if you go the other way, there's nothing but destruction there. The one that's telling you the truth is the one that loves you. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it. And a flattering mouth worketh ruin. This is, this is the last reference. And it's, it's, it's a good way for us to end, for us to be reminded... The lying tongue hate those that are afflicted by, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. 
we flatter to get that result that we want. A flatterer, we can talk about that another, another Wednesday night, but it's not your friend. And we need to take more serious what we say with our mouth. Because remember, it's not exact, it's not just what the words you say, although those words are important, and let's all be reminded, we're accountable for every word we've ever spoken. And I would say that would apply to text and social media as well. We're responsible for it. And we need to, as Christians, take a little bit more seriously the things we say about another Christian to somebody else. You know what is true about somebody who is upset? They always, it's always coming from their viewpoint. It's their viewpoint. It doesn't necessarily mean it's reality. We have to be careful. We, we, we are, and I'm not just talking about some big story and some big slander. I'm talking about what we would consider the little things. Well, I just think it's, well, he acted that way because he's, we have to be careful with that. We compare this to what the Bible says about charity and love. And compare the two, there's a great contrast. Well, I would just, and, and don't listen, to, this is the day we live in. Well, I just, I just wanted the right thing to be done. Then why do you got to lie about it? Well, I just feel like everybody needed to know. You know, it's, it's, as a, this will change the way you respond to me after the service tonight. Pastor, I love you. <laughs> That's exactly what I needed tonight. Now, I believe you when you say it. I do. If you would have a, a gift as a token of your love, too, that would believe it a little bit more. But no, I'm kidding. But we got to be careful. The point I make is we've got to be very, very careful with what we say. Think about the people that you say. If we say the people closest to you, if you, if you, you know, your husband, your wife, your children, your, your parents, who, what, who, those people that are close to you, that you'd be very careful in guarding because you love them, what you say to them, how you say it to it, how you say it to them. We should. What you would say to somebody else about them. We should treat everyone that way. Because, as we said, that it, a man that uses slanders lies to afflict. Be very, very careful with your words. Your words can help, they can build up, they can tear down. We've got to remember a lie with the truth. We've, we, and I say this, and, and I'm just going to lump us all in the same category. Just like I would not call anybody in here tonight, a, a, you're a fool. We've all been foolish. I would not 
call, I would not call anybody in here a liar, but we've all lied. If we've lied, what does that make us? We must be careful. And a good, good, good point of this series, this series has been so good to me, if it hadn't been good to anybody else, is for us to be reminded of the, to put the same weight on something that God does. There's no such thing as a white lie. Oh, he, he, oh, little Johnny, he, he lied as it was so funny, huh? No, that's not funny. And that was something I passed on in, in my family because, you know, I, I got beat because of it, so I'm passing that down. I go all over the internet. You, you know, lying's not tolerated. Why? Because it's a big deal to God. How foolish is it for us to try and lie to God? It's like the kid, you, you, you've all been there, or you've, you, you know of a story, he's got the chocolate frosting all over his mouth. Did you eat that cake? Did you eat that cookie? Nope. All right, I'm going to give you one more chance. Did you eat that? Nope. If it's a grandparent, it's like, I'm going to give you 12 more chances. Did you eat that? And the evidence is all there. And you're like, kid, are you, are you that dumb? I see it. Isn't that what we do to God? Oh, no. I've got nothing in my heart that should not be there. I've got no bitterness towards anybody else. There's, no, there's nothing but truth that rolls off of my lips. And to use that same analogy, we've got the evidence. This ought to be very helpful and convicting to all of us. It is our flesh's nature to lie. So if I am going to speak truthfully and live truthfully, I must have the Spirit of God help me go against that which is my nature to do. So let's not sit back here so piously tonight. If, if, that's, if, if that is the case with you, it's like, I just don't want anybody to know my life. We all, it's our, it's our nature. We must have the Spirit of God. We must obey. And by the way, if somebody will lie about somebody else to you, they'll lie about you to somebody else. Let's be very, very careful. Don't get caught up in the lie. You say, I, got, I don't get caught up in all. Okay, compare it to this. So, Pastor, I just don't know, but what does God say to do with that information? Well, we do more damage with our words. I'll, I'll you go ahead and stand to your feet. I'll use this illustration. There's a lot of ways you could use it. It's like taking a pillow that's full of feathers. 
to the top of a skyscraper. And opening, this is what our words are. Ripping that open and then dumping it out off the top of a skyscraper. Then trying to gather all those feathers back up and put them back in the pillow. You're never going to get them all. And we do damage to ourselves. We do damage to others. But here's what I want us to walk away with tonight. I want us to walk away with it from God's viewpoint. God looks at his children and say, why do you, why do you misrepresent? What's, do you have a tent behind that? Why do you hate them? He, those false preachers and false, false teachers, he, from heaven, he looks down and he says, they hate them. Because they, are, they have intent with that lie. Well, I hope this is reminding us to always look at things from God's viewpoint. And you know what's true? We have this tendency. Somebody else's lie is bigger than a lie I tell. But from God's perspective, it's all the same. Father, help us to be truthful. Help us to compare 